Step 5. Confess. Week 1, Day 2. The Problem of Pride. The opening prayer for this lesson is, God, give me the humility I need to follow you. Humble, or humility, is defined as not proud, reflecting, expressing, or offered in a spirit of submission, ranking low in a hierarchy. Full recovery requires a humble spirit. Pride is an enemy of God's grace and mercy. Pride is defined as a high opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. A becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself or one's position or character. Self-respect, self-esteem. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 to 7 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. The sinful nature in us desires a standard of good and evil that allows it to live and grow, but God's holy standard makes no room for it. So our sinful nature tempts us with pride to be like God to reject God's standard and create our own standards of good and evil that make room for sin to live. Romans 8 verse 7 says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. A humble spirit seeks to know the truth of God's nature and submits to God's will. A humble spirit also admits rebellion, realizes a need for God's mercy, a pardon for a deserved penalty and accepts God's grace, an undeserved gift. Answer this question. Question 1. Do you consider yourself a humble or prideful person? Why? What would your family and friends say? Pride led to Satan's own rebellion against God. He was one of God's highest angels. His desire to be like God caused his downfall. In turn, Satan also used pride to tempt Adam and Eve to rebel against God. Satan's sin is found in Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14, which says, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn! How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low! You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Adam and Eve's temptation is found in Genesis 3, verse 4 to 5, which says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. St. Augustine said, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. C.S. Lewis said, If anyone would like to acquire humility, the first step is to realize that one is proud. And a biggish step, too. At least, nothing whatever can be done before it. If you think you are conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. Satan challenges the goodness of God. He tempts us to replace God's declarations of good and evil with our own. When we act like God in this way, we are prideful. Our pride leads us to dismiss God's authority, holiness, and judgment 
so that we can rule ourselves. Our pride rejects our need for God's goodness and mercy. Take time to answer these questions now. Question 2. Is it hard for you to accept some of God's instructions? Which ones? About Him? About you? About good and evil? Question 3. Name some standards that you have accepted that allow your sinful patterns to survive. How are these different from God's standards? Just as Satan deceives you about sin and your need for God's mercy, he also uses pride to deceive you about God's grace. He is a merciless prosecutor accusing you of guilt and continually pointing out sin and shame. Revelation 12 verse 9 to 11 says, Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. He tempts your pride to reject the claims of Christ and the gift of God's grace. Donald Miller says, I love to give to charity, but I don't want to be charity. This is why I have so much trouble with grace. A few years ago, I was listing prayer requests to a friend. As I listed my requests, I mentioned many of my friends and family, but never spoke about my personal problems. My friend candidly asked me to reveal my own struggles, but I told him no, that my problems weren't that bad. My friend answered quickly in the voice of a confident teacher, Don, you are not above the charity of God. In that instant, he revealed my motives were not noble, they were prideful. It wasn't that I cared about my friends more than myself. It was that I believe I was above the grace of God. It isn't that I want to earn my own way to give something to God. It's that I want to earn my own way so that I won't be charity. Who am I to think myself above God's charity? And why would I forsake the riches of God's righteousness for the dung of my own ego? Pride rejects God's charity, but we are charity cases. God saved us because of His greatness, not our own. It's because He is good that He loves us even when we rebel, not because we earned or deserve His love. He saved us because He valued our souls, not because we have made ourselves worth saving. The Father declared Christ a worthy price for our souls. We mustn't be ashamed of Him or of His grace. Shame for God's grace places our egos above the sacrificial Lamb of God. 1 John 2 verse 1-2 to says, If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. In contrast to Satan, the accuser, Jesus is your advocate, supporter before the Father. He is your powerful defense lawyer. Christ paid the price for your rebellion and reclaimed your life. As Satan accuses you of sin, tempting you to reject God's word about who you are in Christ, Jesus declares the debt for your sin paid in full and covers you with his own righteous blood. Your pride rejects God's word as truth and embraces your own opinion. Pride can even mask itself as shame. Pride whispers, You are better than the sins you committed. Although God forgives you, you cannot forgive yourself. 
God's grace is not enough for you. Your sin is too awful. Or, God cannot love someone like you. Christ died for all of your sin and shame. When you hold on to sin or let sin define your acceptability to God, you reject Jesus' claim on your life. You deny that Christ's suffering was enough to cover fully your sin. Only Christ's righteousness makes you acceptable to God. Pride rejects God's grace. Answer this question. Question 4. List some aspects of life or sins of the past where it is hard for you to accept God's grace. Humbly accept God's grace and confess the gospel of Christ. God is holy, absolutely perfect, and you are a sinner. Jesus came to save you from sin. His perfect sacrifice paid the penalty for all of your sins. If by faith you have accepted Christ's payment as enough to cover your sins, God has completely forgiven you and adopted you as his child. It is because of God's kindness that you are forgiven, accepted, and set apart for his purpose. Your sins do not define you, but rather remind you of God's greatness, his goodness, mercy, and grace through Jesus. Each confession of sin is a profession of faith in Christ, an agreement with God about who he is, what he has done, and who you are because of him. With confidence and gratitude, you can approach God knowing that through Jesus, our advocate, you will receive mercy and grace for your sins. Hebrews 4 verse 14 to 16 says, Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But Jesus, the Son of God, who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The closing prayer for this lesson is, God, give me the humility to confess my sins. Now it's time to take action. Contact one of your recovery partners or group members today to encourage them with the work you see God doing in his or her life.